I'm Arlen Hamilton, and this is Your First Million. I'm a venture capitalist. I started my fund Backstage Capital from the ground up while I was on food stamps. I have now invested in more than 100 companies led by women, people of color, and LGBT founders. After having raised more than $10 million, people often ask me how I did it. I created this podcast so I could tell you my story and so that together we could go on a journey and speak with some of the most successful people in the world from all backgrounds and walks of life to learn how they got their first million. And who knows, maybe I'll reach my first million in personal capital while I'm recording this series. There's only one way to find out. Let's go. Hello, this is Arlen. This is a bonus episode. If you're new to bonus episodes, I just talk about whatever I want to talk about, or I interview someone off the cuff or whatever. Um, That's why it's a bonus episode. So I usually just think of the topic right off the dome, just right off the cuff, as I said, um, and just start babbling about it. But hopefully it turns into something. So I was thinking about it today because I definitely wanted to release a bonus episode. And I thought about just, you know, I wanted to make sure that every time I did one of these, that it had some sort of true value, real value, and that it wasn't just fluff. And so bear with me here. I want to talk to you about having hobbies and having things that you're passionate about that are not related directly to your job. Most of us have a hobby and we all listening to this have different degrees of freedom when it comes to time and different um, versions of what our day looks like or what our week looks like. So and what our bank accounts look like. So sometimes it's not as easy to work on your hobby as you'd like. But I've always had some sort of something that would help me blow off steam or take my mind off of the thing in front of me, even when I had no money when I was broke. So more and more, like the older I get, the more I understand, the more responsibilities I have, the more I understand just how important it is to have something that you can work on and in a way, like almost like with your hands, like even if that's figuratively, that you can work on that it's your thing, that you're not concerned about revenue, you're not concerned about someone else having to be part of it for it to work, and you're not terribly concerned about what other people think about it. It's more about uh, something that you want to do and do for yourself and maybe it's for others as well but it's not high stakes and it's low expectation or no expectation it may be be something that you do and no one really knows about it or it may be something that you share online for me it used to be photography I I was like when I was like a child until I was like 20 I was known for taking terrible pictures like if I had a disposable camera or something like that and we were on vacation or if we were uh, went somewhere and we were taking pictures of it going to a football game or something like that I was known for being the person who would like cut people's heads off of the out of the picture and I was shaky and blurry and red eye and all sorts of things. 
And so that's kind of what I thought I was. I thought that was the type of photographer I was. I was not one. (laughs) Then around 20 or so, I started going to a local college for just a few months. And I took as one of my electives photography. I took it because I wanted to see if I could get better and because I thought I would probably need something that was a little more fun and not as, uh, I guess, important in my view as the other things I was taking. So even then I I was practicing that method. And I took it. And I got, you know, when you when you signed up, you had to go get a, an SLR. And most people had a Rebel, a Canon Rebel. I think it was like $400 or something. And I couldn't afford that. So I went to a pawn shop with my mom. And we picked up a $100 uh, manual SLR and a Minolta. And it was made the year I was born. So this was, I was 20. It was made in 1980. And it was old, and it was uh, had been used, and 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 I got it, and it came with a little lens, a really just basic lens. And when I went to the when I went to the class, I had there's really no one else who had a camera that old or that cheap, but it was heavy, and it was interesting, and it had all these parts to it, and it didn't have manual focus, and so I had to work. And the more I learned about photography, the more I understood how logical it was and mathematical it was in some ways. And then knowing the different recipes, how to manipulate the f-stop, how to manipulate aperture and speed and the type of film you use and the type of um, development and things you could do post-development. Once I learned those pieces of the puzzle... And how you could turn that into whatever you wanted it to be, whatever your mind's eye could see. I was hooked. (laughs) And I started taking some really great pictures, in my opinion, and other people's opinion. Um, We would would do these shows at at the school, and and I was always... some of my work was always shown. So uh, more and more people start, started seeing it. And then I started taking pictures of more and more people. And there was this one time I went to this same restaurant over and over again in Dallas. It was called Mother Mesquite's. Side note, it doesn't exist anymore. It has the best tortilla chips and tortillas I've ever had in my life. The best salsa you've ever had in your life no longer exists. If anybody knows anything about Mother Mesquite's in Dallas and how I can get that recipe for that salsa. I don't know how much I'd pay you. It's probably an embarrassing amount of money and I'd have to probably go out and find a way to earn it because it was so good. Anyway, going back to the story, this is a bonus episode. Um, There was a, a hostess there and she was just so interesting looking to me. And so I got the bravery. I went up to her one day and asked her if she would let me take pictures of her, which was kind of creepy to ask, but I, I was, I really, I wanted it for the class. And so she said yes. And so she came over, took pictures. She loved them. They were really cool, really different. I just loved it. And I took that into my twenties and my late twenties. Didn't get to do it as often as I wanted just because life started happening. But I would take pictures and on film and at school I would develop them. And after school, after I left that college, I would just get them developed and 
would do so for friends and family. But it was always, I, I do this thing where I kind of walk around and I see a picture. I see things in photographs. And so it was always calling me. And more recently, in the last few weeks, I said, I'm going to get back into photography and I'm going to do it in a, in a bigger way. I'm going to buy some really nice equipment and post equipment, things like that. And uh, make it more of a serious hobby, I guess. Now, that's just to tell you about photography. That's not what this is really about. This is more about why. I think having something that feeds your soul and speaks to you and invigorates you and uh, stirs you, something you can't stop thinking about that makes you feel accomplished and good, that is not related to your main gig, is one of the most important things you can do for yourself as a leader and as an entrepreneur and as someone who's striving to be better and better every day. It helps to sharpen the sword. It helps to uh, make you stronger, make you more of, comp- of a competition. It, it, it really does put more in your arsenal. And it's not necessarily the thing that you're doing that's making, like photography may or may not help me with other things. I happen to think it will help me with the other things that I do. But it doesn't have to. Yours could be knitting, and maybe that doesn't help you with your accounting job. Or it could be running a marathon, and that may not help you necessarily directly with your nursing job. But what it does is it gives your mind time to think about something else. And when you're thinking and concentrating about that other thing, and that's an enjoyable experience for you, your subconscious is working for you in other ways. It helps. uh, I can only go by my experience here. So I'm not going to try to say something that I've not experienced. What I've experienced is if I have some sort of challenge, some sort of thing I need to figure out, some sort of question that's nagging at me that maybe has been nagging for days. I haven't been able to unlock it. If I will pay attention to something else that is that engages my another part of my mind, right? Another part of my brain, I should say. Then once I do that for a couple of hours and come back to the world that I'm in most of the time, things are clearer to me. Decisions are easier for me. Things that I wasn't seeing before are suddenly brought to the foreground for me, just like a photograph. Yeah, I said it. I think it really is, uh, I think it correlates, and I think it has everything to do with that. I could be wrong. It could be something that's a coincidence, but it's happened time and time again. And it's a little bit different than just you know turning your mind off and going to watch TV or going to a party or talking to a friend. It really is something in the brush strokes of a paint of painting and the 
the movement of your hands and knitting and the uh, figuring out how the train track should be put together and what pieces, um, how to paint certain pieces of the model cars or the model planes or the model, get the boat into the, sh- um, into the bottle and the ship into the bottle. It really is in that focus and intention that you're, I really think, and I'm sure it's been backed up with um, medical studies that have to look into it, but I'm sure this is nothing new where it really helps you unlock parts of yourself that are important and that um, give you a, give you the edge and the leg up. So I just want to encourage that because I've been having such a great time with photography. I'm going to, uh, I've already started posting some. I started with Anna, my wife, and I just took pictures of my brother and his fiance. I'm going to post those. You probably would have seen, some of you would have seen them. I'm going to keep going. I have an idea. I'm not going to say what the idea is yet because I want to, I, again, I want to have a little bit of no pressure with it, I want it to truly be a hobby, but I have this idea of a series and what I want to do with the series of, of uh, photographs. And it'll be something that I do over the next few weeks and months, and it won't be anything rushed. But as I, as I do them and start and continue practicing, I'm going to post on Twitter and on Instagram. And I hope you'll follow me. I'm at Arlen was here, A-R-L-A-N was here. I'll post on Insta stories. I'll post on the actual timeline. I'll post on Twitter. So I hope you'll check it out and um, let me know what you think. But I won't listen to it much, (laughs) even if it's great. I won't listen to that because I want to just get better and better And I just want it to be something personal. So think about what that could be for you. You might already be doing it. And if you are, awesome. And if you are um, and you're kind of feeling guilty about it, like the time that you spend on it, don't. This is part of your strategy. Let me tell you, this is part of what's going to make you a wonderful leader and probably already has been. If you don't have this, or if you have paused, pushed the pause button like I did for so many years with my photos, I encourage you to go back to it. Go back to learn how to play the guitar. Learn how to. Um, there's a, there's so many DIY videos on YouTube. Do some like interior stuff at your crib. There's so many things you can do. Write a book. I mean, it's not. I'm doing that too, and it's not the. Um, I'm almost finished, but it's not the it's not the easiest thing. It's not the least stressful thing in the world. But if you're doing it just for yourself, it could be one of the most cathartic things you've ever done. Turn your hobby into into a tool, into this mechanism, this lever that you can pull whenever you need to to get away. And you just might discover something that brings you so much enjoyment and joy and satisfaction like photography has for me these past few weeks and days that it gives you a higher quality of life and if you have a higher quality of life and more endorphins racing through you 
You may treat people a little bit better. You may treat yourself a little bit better. And all of that helps you stack. All of that helps you. So go sing and uh, whatever that may be for you. Whatever that is, I, I, I really encourage it. If you do something that's a hobby that you want me to see, um, tag me on Instagram or Twitter so that I can see you doing it or see like results of it or whatever. Uh, I'd love to see it. Whenever you hear this, I'd love to, to be tagged. And we're going to do the code word for today is, I'm going to look around my new home office. I have a new home office, y'all. Um, we're going to, the, the, the code word is blue, B-L-U-E, because I just had two-thirds of the room painted blue today. So that's the word, B-L-U-E. That's the code word that lets me, lets me know you listen to the whole thing. And you just tweet that at me or write that in a comment on Instagram or send it as a DM. And that's our little code way of saying that we, we hear each other. And I do that um, throughout the bonus episodes sometimes. So listen back and, and definitely go back and listen. I, uh, I'll, I'll, before I go, I'll say this last thing. I just discovered a new podcast and I, I won't get into what it is because it is quite personal what it is, but I discovered it and I realized they had done like 40 episodes and I just went back and looked at the different titles of them and descriptions. And I just chose like four or five to listen to. And it was so much fun. And so, um, and it was a year old, so it was still fresh. We still have, um, I don't know, 13 fresh episodes and are like interviews and then maybe 10 bonus episodes, maybe seven bonus episodes. If you haven't heard them all, you don't have to, don't listen to them all, but if you don't want to, but go back and listen to one or two. If you're on a flight, if you're on a train, if you're in your car, if you're cooking, if you have any moment to yourself, I, I listen to podcasts like uh, on the weekends a lot. I listen to them, a lot of them on the plane because I'm on a plane a lot. And I, sometimes I listen to it right before I go to bed. Instead of reading, I'll listen to it right before bed. So I encourage, encourage you to listen because there, I, I listen to them multiple times. Can you believe that? Like I recorded them. I was part of the editing process. I was part of the listening process. Editing meaning I listen to uh, the people who edit for me and tell them yes or no. I listen to it again. Then I always listen to the episode a third time after it's released so I can hear it from the point of view of the listener. And I still find myself going back and listening to older episodes to encourage myself and to inspire myself. And maybe I'll go back and listen to like 15 minutes of one and just pick a pick a time in the middle of it and just start listening. That's fun. Like I'll just go back and I'll take an hour and I'll just listen to like three to five episodes, just 10 to 15 minutes each and have, have a little mixtape. Yeah, so do that if you ever want to. And I'm going to go now. Thanks for spending your time with me this time. And I'll see you on the interwebs. Blue. Blue is a code word. 
Hey, so I'd love to talk to you and keep the conversation going. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Arlen was here. That's A-R-L-A-N was here. Stick around too, because I will let you know when my new book is going to be in pre-order. Now that's coming out in uh, 2020. It'll be out as a real book. Oh my goodness. And it'll be, you'll be able to pre-order it most likely this year. So stay tuned. I'll let you know all about that on Twitter, on Instagram, and on this podcast. 